Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Well, I hope you have your Bibles ready and your thinking caps on, because uh, what a great lesson we have today. I'm so excited about the Scripture and uh, really, Jeff was encouraging me to continue to study the whole passage, and I did so, and I'm so thankful for that. So, if you want to have your Bibles ready in the book of Acts in chapter 3, that would be fantastic. That's where we're going to be here shortly. But we do have a few other things we need to take care of, like a note of encouragement to Emma. Emma, you have the best hugs. Looks like somebody's coming back after you here. Your sweet, kind heart is such a blessing to me. There you go. Can you give that to Emma for me? Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, Mrs. Kirkpatrick, you are a, you are a, you are an incredible person. I like your smile. You make yummy food. There you go. Yummy food. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good one. All right. Uh, I think the college age kids say that about my wife, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's see. Uh, McKinney family, so thankful to be serving God along with you. You're such an amazing blessing to me, and I love your family. There you go. And let's see. Oh, there's one for me. Bill, thank you for always being concerned for others' needs and always fighting for his kingdom. Amen. So I'll give this to Bill for you. Okay. All right. So I got lots of announcements this morning and I'll go through them. Hopefully I'll, I'll get them all. Uh, and if you want to jot them down somewhere uh, today, pleasant uh, or uh, pumpkin spice holiday bazaar meeting, very important meeting because we're going to be talking about products that are going to be available. We're going to see if there's any kind of holes in our product line for our holiday bazaar and also to a uh, promotion promoting the the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. And so I uh, hope that you will be able to make that today, all those who are involved. Uh, oh, tonight, by the way, uh, we are going to have assembly here, and we're continuing our study in Timothy. And tonight's lesson is called uh, The Law and the Gospel of God and How They Work Together. Uh, Paul talks about that in 1 Timothy. Monday night college age group, dinner at 4.45, study at 7. And what are we having for dinner? 5.45, sorry about that. What are we having for dinner? Yeah, white chicken chili or chicken white chili or something like that, but it's really yummy. So anyway, I'm excited about that. So Wednesday, family fellowship dinner over at Tamara's. You still okay? Everybody crowded into your house with, and you got that nice, big, beautiful... You know, kitchen bar there. We can set everything out. So, family fellowship dinner at 5.30 and study at 7 on Wednesday at Tamara's. Uh, Thursday, ladies study at Melissa's at 7 o'clock. And uh, November 1st, uh, November 1st, Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar meeting, the last one before the big event. We'll talk about staging and uh, whatnot. So, hopefully you can make to that one. And finally, November 7th, uh, Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar here from 9 to 3 o'clock. And uh, Vinny's Smoking Hot Barbecue is going to be here too. So if you come down at lunchtime, you'll be able to get some of that amazing uh, uh, pit barbecue. So I'm excited about that. Thanks, Vinny, if you're watching. All right. And did I miss any? We got two birthdays to sing, or two people to sing birthdays to. Oh, thank you. Here I ask. They're not big enough, Mel. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna need your help again. So we got a cakewalk sign up. And it's not a cakewalk, it's actually a pie walk for me. And Mrs. Compton's bringing an apple pies. There, you forgot the S's on there, honey. And uh, Sharon Compton cranberry pies. There's a missing S on that one too. Anyway, so if you want to make a cake or a pie or pastry or something really tasty for the cakewalk, 
That would be great. If you want to sign up? That'd be awesome. And you don't need to be here to make one and, and hand it off. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. There's always a goodies counter in the back where people come in and they get all sorts of goodies. And so that's what this is about, right? Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. Mel? Is this, is this about the goodies in the back? Yes. Okay, the goodies in the back. And it can be almost anything that is not healthy for you, but people love, okay? Like, are you doing fudge turtles or something? I'm just saying. There you go. There you are. Excellent. Okay. So, did I get them all? Got all the announcements? Okay. All right. I think I'm supposed to do something else as a preacher. Oh, sing happy birthday. That's it. I didn't want to miss... Elijah is turning 16 this week. Wow. Now, I remember when Elijah was born. Oh, my goodness. That was, I can't even believe it was 16 years ago. It's just absolutely amazing. Did you know you cried a lot? Well, I'm just saying. Anyway, I'll tell you what, I love having Elijah in my class, in the young men's class. It's kind of weird, but it's cool. He's turning 16, and uh, are you going to get your driver's license sometime soon? Well, yeah, get the permit and then get the license, okay? Anyway, 16 years old, that's impossible. It's just impossible. All right. And, and we're going to sing happy birthday to Holly, 16 plus. Okay, a few. All right, how old are you, Vaughn? Okay, yeah, 16 plus. <laughs> so, anyway, anybody else got a birthday coming up this week? Coming up this week? Okay, here we go. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. All right. All right. You know what's scary when someone turns uh, 16 and your age is reversed plus one? That's terrifying. But anyway, it's wonderful. I'm so glad that you're turning 16. Please let us know when you get your driver's license, okay? Forewarned is forewarned, right? All right. Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. We're going to read a little bit more in Acts chapter 3 than what we did last week. We're going to begin there in verse um, 17 and then work down to the end of the chapter. Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. Peter is preaching his, the, the second gospel sermon. He's, he's preached the seven-part gospel, and now he's talking about their response to the gospel. Notice what he says. And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did also, but the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of uh, all his prophets from the ancient time. Now Moses said, and notice this is in quotes, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. To him you shall give heed to everything he says to you. And it will be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. And likewise, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward also announce these days. It is you who are the sons of the prophets and sons of the covenant, which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For you first, God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. Let's pray. Our God, our holy God in heaven, how thankful we are that the prophets of old foretold the great message of salvation and a time period in 
uh, the time of mankind where man would be refreshed, uh, man would be restored, and by the power of your indwelling presence, the presence of your spirit inside, there would be a refreshing and a, re and a restoration just like we were before the fall. And Father, that's very exciting to think about the kind of relationship that uh, Adam and Eve had with you before they fell and to be able to walk with you in the cool of the garden and to enjoy the sunrise and sunset with you and the beauty of your creation. Uh, Father, we do look for a new heaven and a new earth, but we pray, Father, that we'd recognize that now is the time. Now are the days that you have given to us that we would prepare ourselves for that wonderful blessing of time and eternity with you. Lord, help us to see that today, I pray, in this great passage of Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before we begin, I want to look at one more verse, and if you'll see in your note sheets there, it's the book of Galatians in chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. But for time's sake, I just want to read verse 8 this morning to begin. Please turn with me to the book of Galatians and chapter 3 and verse 8. It is following up on the, the quotation that we just read about Abraham and God's promise to Abraham that in his seed all the nations, all the families of the earth would be blessed. That's way back in Genesis. Look at Galatians in chapter 3 and look at verse 8. It says here, uh, let me find it right here, verse 8. Okay, the scripture, meaning Old Testament, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, that's us, by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations, all the families will be blessed in you. You know, we just read a passage of scripture in the book of Acts that says that through Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed through Abraham's seed. And here we read it again in Galatians 3 and verse 8, that in Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. What is being spoken of here? It's being spoken of the time of refreshment or refreshing. It's speaking of the time or the period, as we see here, of restoration. Now is the time for refreshment. Now is the time for restoration until we come to the fullness of days and then we will walk once again with God face to face. You see, in beginning the lesson this morning, I want you to understand the church doesn't go until just judgment day. The church is going to go on into eternity. And so when a person becomes a Christian, they begin living eternal life. And so when you pass from this life into the next, you're stepping into an eternity with Jesus Christ. And as he says, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Now what that really means, no one can fully tell you. But it does mean that we'll be restored. As Adam and Eve walked in the coolness of the day in the garden, so we shall walk with God in the paradise he's created for us. And so let's begin this morning by looking at, at point number one. In point number one, there's a couple more terms we need to define. Taking a look at Acts chapter 3, if you'll go back there with me, there are some very important words that we need to define. Notice in verse 20, he says, And he, God, may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you, speaking of Christians, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets from ancient time. It says the period of restoration. There's a restoration process going on, and that restoration process started on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 people were immersed into Christ. So what does that word period mean? It's actually the same exact word that we looked at last week, 
for the times, where it says times of refreshing. The period of restoration is literally the times of restoration. It's the exact same word, and it's the exact same time culminating in our stepping into the paradise of God when we pass from this life into the next. You have two choices, brethren. You can step into the paradise of God when you breathe your last in this physical creation, or you can step into the fires of hell. It's your choice. Now is the time for restoration. Now is the opportunity covered by God's grace granted to you forgiveness of your sins. They were wiped away and the refreshing by the Holy Spirit. Now's the time for restoration. And so let's take a look at that word restoration. If you look in your note sheets there and if you're watching online, if you got your note sheets in front of you, you'll notice that the word restoration is actually two words, has two words there. The first word, as we look at it from the, the Greek word found in the Greek dictionary in the Strong's Concordance, it's reconstitution, to reconstitute. In other words, it's to, to recreate by different design. And so when someone comes up out of the water grave of immersion, they are reconstituted. They are redesigned. They are a new creation. I want you to go back and I want you to do a little Greek study on your own. The little Greek study comes from Titus in chapter 3 and verse 5. It talks about the washing of regeneration. Look at that word regeneration. It's amazing. The washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. It's talking about the same thing. This period of restoration reconstitution and it's interesting in Thayer's it says restoration such as to restore God's theocracy to to restore God's theocracy until such time we have come to our pre-fallen state with him now pre-fallen state Talk about Adam and Eve. Their relationship was perfect with God and they could see him face to face and walk with him and talk with him. And I honestly believe as God walked in the cool of the garden in the mornings and in the evenings, it was such a beautiful blessing for him to walk with Adam and Eve and for them to walk with him. But now we get up every morning and we're tired and if you're like me and you get to that age I was talking about last week, man, you got so many aches and pains. And you know that in, in times past in your life, the times present, the aches and pains are because of those times in your life. But you know what's awesome? On that day, we will awake and we will never sleep again. And we will walk with our God, our Christ, in the cool of the eternal day. What a blessing that will be. Now we suffer and struggle, as it says, groaning, wanting, and desiring to be brought to him, as it says in the book of Romans in chapter 8. I don't know about you, but I can't wait, wait until I walk with him in the paradise of God. You're saying, man, you're talking about all pie in the sky stuff, man. It's hard living right now. It doesn't have to be. If you walk by faith and not by sight, kind of like what Jeff was saying, because it's faith working through love, the blessings can come in this life. But it's a time of restoration. The, the Greek dictionary vines divides the, the word here, restoration, into two words. Take a look at the Greek words there. They both start with the Greek word A-P-O. And that word means back again, to restore to the original. And then the second word, kathistami, means to set in order. To set in order like we were at the beginning. Do you remember what Jesus said? Unless you become as little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Do you remember last week I was talking about when I was a child? Everything was new and exciting. The smells and the sounds 
Every, all the, the colors were brighter. And uh, I wasn't kind of dead into that stuff because of, of it being old hat. Can you imagine when we walk into the paradise of God? Ever new? You see, we can have that same experience now if we walk by faith and not by sight. If we will re be restored by reading the scriptures and allowing the scriptures to direct us in our life. You know, if you have a miserable life, it's because you're not walking by faith. When your life is miserable, you're not seeing things as God sees them. You're not recognizing the culmination even of the trials and difficulties. How many of you notice that when you have difficulties and challenges in your life, you have really two choices? You can be a whiner or you can grow from it and be a winner. And I know that's kind of cliche, but that's really the truth. When you have challenges and difficulties, you can whine about them. And you know what? Nobody wants to be around you. And you don't even be a you don't even want to be around you. Right? But if you choose to embrace them as opportunities that God has given for you to grow, you can appreciate and be thankful for the opportunities for growth and learn from them and grow from them. And on the other side, as it says in the scriptures in the book of Hebrews in chapter 12, when you're disciplined by your father who loves you, it results in what? The peaceful fruit of righteousness. Brethren, how important this is to understand these terms. But I want you to take a look at a couple other terms in this passage. I have them highlighted in different colors. Take a look in verse uh, 19. In verse 19, the word times of refreshing. I got times highlighted. You might want to jot that down in the section there in your notes where it says other key terms. The word times there is the exact same word as in verse 21, in whom heaven must receive until the period the word period, there's the exact same Greek word. It means a time of something, in this case, restoration. But read on in that sentence. Until the period of restoration of all things about which. The word which is talking about the times of restoration. And then finally, look down a little bit further. Look at verse 24. In verse 24, what does it say? And likewise, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward, also announced, are you ready? These days, the days we're in right now, we have an opportunity to be restored. But will we? I want to look at the next section, point number two, and here's where you really need to listen carefully. How many of you, if I were to ask you, if I asked, do you love Jesus? How many of people automatically say, well, of course I love Jesus. Right? You, you ask anybody who goes to church, do you love Jesus? Oh, yeah, I love Jesus. How much do you love Jesus? I love Jesus with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I love Jesus that much. That's great. Remember what Jesus said? If you love me, you keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You know, many, many years ago, some of you have heard that Sharon and I were not doing so well, and in large part, it was my doing. Very selfish. Andrew was a little baby, and uh, we were not doing well in our marriage. And uh, uh, my brother Steve came and, and tooled me up, spiritually tooled me up, spiritually took me to the spiritual woodshed for a week. Can you imagine being in the woodshed with my brother Steve for a week? If you know my brother Steve, you know that's a terrifying thought. Anyway, so basically it came down to this. It came down to me recognizing I was extremely selfish. And one of the important things in Sharon and I, when we were going through counseling, one of the important things was this, is the man that was giving us the counsel said, you know, Sharon, what what's really kind of freaking you out a little bit about Bill? And I can't remember how exactly he said it. And she says, you know, he goes off to go Bible study. He gets home from school. He eats dinner. He grunts a few things. And then he's off to Bible study until late at night. And I have no clue where he's at. I don't know wh who he's with. What a terrifying and awful relationship that would be. Your husband works all day, comes home, eats dinner, 
isn't very thankful even for that, isn't willing to sit and talk with his wife, and then goes off and have Bible study with people until late at night and comes home and the wife is already in bed. That's a stinking rotten husband. And I'm sad to say that's what I was. But I heard Sharon's voice said, and she didn't say this to me, she said it to our counselor. She said, if only I knew where he was and who he was with. My bride wanted me to let her know where I was going and who I was with. How many think that's, that's not an unreasonable request? That's a very reasonable request based upon my past before I was a Christian. And so every morning now, every morning like clockwork or maybe the night before, I let her know what my day looks like and who I'm going to be with and what time I'm going to be with them and where I'm going to be. You might think, well, that's weird. It's not weird at all because I love my wife. I absolutely love my wife and I want her to know that she is absolutely safe with me. Now, what about your relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Are you willing to obey him? I hope so for the scripture that we're about to read. Please turn with me to um, Deuteronomy in chapter, excuse me, let's go back to the book of Acts really quickly. Acts chapter three and verse 22. Notice what Peter quotes from Deuteronomy. Verse 22. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me or like me from your brethren. To him you shall give heed to everything he says to you. And if it will be that every soul that does not heed the prophet will be utterly destroyed from among the people. It sounds like this is a pretty serious proposition that we need to listen to this great prophet, whoever he is, and heed or do what he tells us to do. Kind of sounds that way. Let's go back to the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 18. Please turn with me there. I've written it down in the notes for you, so please turn. You can go back and look at it later, but turn, turn there with me. Deuteronomy in chapter 18. This is where Peter is quoting from. And notice it's very clear there's someone who's coming that's going to be in the family line, the family line of God's people, and he is going to be told by God what to say to God's people. Listen very carefully. I'm going to emphasize some wording. Verse 15, the Lord your God, and this is Moses speaking to the children of Israel, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen. You shall listen to him. Now jump down to verse 18. Again, uh, verse 17, excuse me. The Lord said to me, they have spoken well. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth. God's going to put his words in this prophet's mouth. Now reading on, it says, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. So when Jesus makes a command for you to do something, it's God the Father making that command through him. Reading on and it says, it shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which this is God speaking through Moses, who will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. In other words, if Jesus, God the Father speaks to Jesus, that Jesus speaks to you and you say, I don't want to do that, you'll be held accountable. You're saying, I wanted a love kind of stuff going on here. Yeah, it is love. If you love Jesus, you will do what? If I love my wife, I will tell her where I'm at and who I'm with. Would you agree that that's a love statement for me? Is that, does that prove my love for you? Absolutely, because that's what you asked. I heard her and I made it. My, one of my many changes, <laughs> that was many, one of many, that I heard her and I, because I love her, am willing to do what she asks. Brethren, that's what love's all about. And if you don't think that's what love's all about, you're missing the point. 
When your wife or your husband says, man, I so am struggling with this. Honey, can you help me out? You need to listen and follow through if you love. I've worked with so many people who have gotten divorces because unless she does this, I'm not going to love her. Unless he does this, I'm not going to love him. And oh my goodness, no one doesn't want to do anything. And brethren, we need to understand obedience is a manifestation of love. By the way, going back to the book of uh, John, look at John in chapter 12. You know how I know that this prophet that Moses was talking about, that God was telling him about, is Jesus because of John chapter 12. Gospel of John chapter 12, I want to begin there in verse 44. If this isn't talking about Jesus, the great prophet, nothing is. Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I do not come to judge uh, the world, but to save the world. Now verse 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word which I spoke is what will judge him on the last day. The standard of judgment is what Jesus spoke. Now, brethren, do you love Jesus? Oh, I love him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Do you love him enough to do what he asks you to do? Well, I thought you said he told me to do it. Well, that's a stinking rotten attitude. Sharon told me I had to tell her where I'm going and who I'm with and what I'm, you know. That's a rotten attitude. Here's the attitude is, man, honey, I love you. I'll do that every day of my life. And I've done so, so far, right? You're my witness. That's a little thing, but it's a huge thing because it was breaking her heart. I'm not going to break my husband, Christ Jesus' heart. When he asks me to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I love him. Look what he did for me. Look what he did for you. He laid it all on the line. He left nothing on the table. He laid it all down for you. And you in love refuse him? What kind of love is that, brethren? Look, he says, I love you so much, I'm laying it all down. I'm giving it all up for you. And you can choose to love me or not. Brethren, I'm going to love him. And I pray that you'll love him. Because if you love him, there's paradise awaiting for you. And there are such amazing blessings in this life and even greater blessings that man has not yet been able to comprehend awaiting for us when we step into the paradise of God and see him face to face. I'll tell you what, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I can't wait to die. I will wait to die. I'll let him choose the day and the hour, but I can't wait to go because to see him face to face. Now take a look at the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation in chapter 20. And if you want to see a, another a prophecy about Christ as the, uh, the great king, the great husband, the great one that we should love. Uh, you should look at Matthew 25. I have it referenced there. I'll let you look at it on your own. But Revelation chapter 20, beginning in verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it. Who's sitting on that great white throne? Who's sitting on the great white throne? Jesus is sitting on that great white throne. He's been waiting for this day. Because he can't wait to see his bride in all her glory. He's waiting for you because you have taken what he has given to you and you have purified yourself just as he is pure. You've clothed yourself with the beautiful wedding garments, the righteous acts of the saints. You've done that. He can't wait for this day. Just like I can't wait for that day. Remember before you were married? Hopefully you're happily married. 
Do you remember before you were married? You just couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to see my wife. I know, you know, they get all beautified and everything. And it's like, ooh, you know. And how many? I've been so so many weddings where the husband looks and he sees the wife coming in from this very stage. And it's fun. I look over at the guy and he's like, that's great. It's the coolest thing. All right. You should have seen Logan. He wasn't here. He was out at, at some venue somewhere. It was the coolest thing. I was watching Logan. Same thing, man. And Julie, you looked awesome. Woohoo! It was great. Man, I love that. You know what? That's what it's going to be like on Judgment Day for you if you are giving yourself to be restored. Now, a bride who loves her husband so much that you and I are willing to do whatever he asks us to do out of love. There's power there, isn't there? Love is more powerful than fear. Fear will not drive you to the, the great and awesome sacrifices of love. It will cause you to give the minimum. That's why law has never been a tool that God designed to give life. It is a tool. It's still in force and it's still powerful if you use it by God's design. I'll talk more about that tonight. What are the characteristics of these days? If you'll do a very careful study of this passage of scripture, you know, in order for you to be the loving bride that's obedient, you need to be humble. Number one, look at the little check marks there. The characteristics of these days, these days, these days, the days of restoration. Are you humble enough to be teachable? Are you humble enough to allow the word of God to teach you? Because if you're not, you won't obey God. You won't obey your husband. First of all, you need to be humble enough to teach you. Number two, you need to have listening ears. There's a difference between hearing ears and listening ears. You know what? I know a lot of people hear everything I ever said. I've heard every word you've ever said, Bill. I know it's true. I haven't listened to one of them. But I've heard everyone. But you know what? If I'm doing it right, it's not my word. It's whose word? Can you imagine saying that to King Jesus? Honey, I heard every word you said. I just didn't want to do a lot of them. Well, that's going to go over good. Oh, you loved me a lot, didn't you? I sure did. Uh-uh. Come on. Let's get serious. And so the next one is, if you're listening, the scripture says you will heed. The word heed means to obey. To obey out of fear? Uh-uh. Perfect love casts out fear. Read 1 John 4. I love that passage of scripture. That whole section. In fact, all of 1 John's amazing. 1 John chapter 4. You were talking about it this morning, Jeff. Amazing. Perfect love casts out fear. So obedience from love. And then finally, you know what? This time of restoration should be a time of great joy. You ever overcome a sin that you've been struggling with and you've been working on it and you've been asking for help and people have been helping you? And all of a sudden, you get to a crunch time where you normally give somebody half a peace sign going down the freeway. And all of a sudden, you go, hey, have a great day. You're not going to bug me at all, man. You're the one that's got the problem. I hope you don't get killed driving like that. I'll pray for you. That kind of sounds like a better deal. Don't you think? Sounds more Christ-like, doesn't it? The world gives a half a peace sign. We pray for those who are crazy drivers. And nobody be saying you've been praying for me, okay? <laughs> of course, we could have come to Sunday night, right, Ben? And uh, talking about praying for folks. Anyway, that would have been fun, huh? So anyway, guess what? We need to recognize and understand just how important it is that we have a joyful attitude in this life. In all things, consider it all joy. Well, let's close with this. Oh, I'm doing okay. Let's close with this. We are sons of Abraham and God through the covenant promise. Turn back with me to the book of Acts in chapter 3. Look at Acts 3 at the very end there. There's an interesting statement here that is super powerful. And yet if you don't read the scriptures much, you don't know what he's talking about. I encourage you to do the study of the two verses we're going to look at in just a moment. Look at verse 25. It is you who are the sons of the prophets. Are you ready to receive that? 
You know what this scripture is saying? If you're willing to hear the word of God, and if you'll allow me to be his voice, and I'll quote him, you are the sons and daughters of the prophet if you've been obedient to the gospel message. Because the, they proclaimed the gospel. God proclaimed the gospel through those and to those people. And by the way, you're not only the sons and daughters of that wonderful and great calling, you're also sons and daughters of the covenant. Let's read it. What does it say? It is you who are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, here's the gospel message. And in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God said to Abraham, Abraham, in your seed, singular, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. The Winningham family is going to be blessed. The George family is going to be blessed. The Drillinger family, the Johnson family, the Kirkpatrick family, every family on the earth could potentially be blessed if they received the promise of God's covenant. Let's turn there. Genesis chapter 12. This is where that quote came from. Look at Genesis 12. This is uh, God speaking to Abraham, beginning in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I'll show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and so you shall be a blessing and, it will, and, and I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse. Now look at this last statement. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Wait a minute, Bill. It doesn't say in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. You lied to me, boy. No, I didn't. I didn't. Take a look. It's restated in Genesis in chapter 22. That's why I, I gave you that passage. Genesis 22. God restates the promise. Genesis chapter 22. Look at verse 15. By the way, when God said that to Abram, no kids, wasn't able to have kids, the, bl the plumbing had long been broke in his body and in Sarah's body, no kids, impossible, uh-uh, no can do. And guess what? God gave him a baby boy miraculously, miraculously. And guess what we read here? God says, hey, you know what I want you to do now to show me you're faithful? I want you to go sacrifice that wonderful baby boy. Here we go. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 15. When the angel of the Lord called to Abram a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, indeed I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of, it should have been translated, his enemies. In your seed, all the nations, literally all the families of the earth, shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. In your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. In Abraham's seed, every family could potentially be blessed by God. What is he talking about? Turn with me now to the book of Galatians in chapter 3. Galatians 3. I pray you're listening this morning because the days of restoration are right now. The power of God in you can restore you so you're ready and prepared to walk into his paradise that he's prepared. Look at Galatians in chapter 3, beginning there in verse 8 like we read earlier uh, this morning. Galatians chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. I want you to listen for that scripture that we just talked about in regards, in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What was he talking about? Here's where the rubber meets the road. Here's what we now know for certain, that this is the time of restoration, the time of refreshing, the time where we can 
show our love for our Christ. Here we go. Galatians 3 and verse 8. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. God preached the gospel to Abraham saying, and here's how he preached it, all the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham the believer. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it's written, cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. The law is called the ministry of condemnation. It does its work. It condemns people. So they're hopeless. And so they look for a savior. Reading on. I just had to throw that in there. Reading on, it says, now, verse 11, now that, that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith, it says in the Old Testament. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Now, verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Everybody outside of Christ is damned because they're not good enough. The law is perfect and righteous and good. And no one's been able to live according to it. So we need a savior. We need Jesus Christ. No one's getting into heaven without Jesus, without loving him as a bride loves her husband. Let's read on and see what's really being talked about here. Notice in verse uh, 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why? In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham. We just read about the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles also, not just Jewish people. Who is a Gentile in the audience this morning? Raise your hand. Come on, you can all raise your hand. You're all a Gentile. What's that? Somebody who's not a Jewish person by descent. Okay, there we go. This is talking to you and me. That the promise, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations, even though it's only a man's covenant, yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. Verse 16. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed, that is Christ. What I'm saying is this, the law which came 400 years later after Abraham does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer on a promise, but God has granted to Abraham by means of a promise. You're saying, that was a lot of reading, I'm tired. I can understand that. But what you just heard, the prophets of old desired so much to understand what they were prophesying. They wanted so much to know about this seed, this seed that would bless every family. They wanted the blessing. And we have it. We have the blessing. What is the blessing? The blessing is found there in verse 14. Let's read verse 14 once again. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to, to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, do you have the Holy Spirit inside of you? Yes. How do you know? Uh, because I feel him. No, you better know more than just a feeling. It must be based on faith. Are you faithful to your husband? Are you a man or woman of faith? We're talking relationship here. We're not talking law. If you are faithful, you've heard the voice of your husband in the scripture and you've done what he's asked you to do, how he's asked you to do it, for the reason he's asked you to do it. Have you done that? I don't know what you're talking about, preacher. Well, come talk with me and we'll look at what the gospel actually is, what you should believe, and how you should obey it. 
The Bible actually says that we need to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. How do you do that? That's a wonderful question. The answer is so critically important because that's when you become a child of the promise of God, sealed with his Holy Spirit, empowered to be restored so that on that last day, you'll hear, well done, my lovely and beautiful and righteous bride. I've waited for you all those years and you finally made it. Enter into your rest, into the paradise I've prepared for you. That's what awaits us. That's what this period of restoration is about, preparing for the wedding day. You know, a lot of people are fearful of judgment day. Are you? I'm not. There's two groups of people on judgment day. The ones who have not been prepared, the ones who have been disobedient. I can do whatever I want and you can't tell me. Not going to go so good for them on the last day when Jesus gave them everything they needed for life and godliness and they said, I don't care. I want to live it my way. Or you've been like so many and said, I'm excited about serving the one true living God and being married to him. One flesh. I don't understand all of that, but I know it's true. Brethren, I prayer is that we'd understand now is the time of restoration. Now is the time to understand how to be restored. And that's the next question we're going to look at. How can I be restored during this time of restoration? That's what we're going to be working on. Let's pray. Our God, our holy God in heaven, how thankful I am for the rich blessing that you've granted to us in your son, Jesus Christ. And I would pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand these scriptures, particularly this time of restoration, those two Old Testament prophecies, what do they actually mean? And then, Father, to look at the scriptures that help describe what those Old Testament prophecies were actually talking about in point two and point three. Father, help us to learn them and embrace them and in so doing, love you more by growing in faith so that we would be faithful, your faithful bride. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's all stand and, and get ready to, to get all excited, okay? So what did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings, King of Kings. All right, let's go. Hey, and the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar following right away. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.